might be a little sniffly. Might be a little sniffly. That's okay. Yeah. I don't... All right. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Pencil Neck Geeks podcast. I'm here with Justin Siegel. Hello. I'm Jeremy Tiroff. It has been a hot minute or so since we've been able to do this. Uh, we've had some stuff come up. Life happens. Yeah, yeah. And um, Daryl is not with us this week. He was very close this time around, but um, we're hoping that he's here next time, but he's always here in spirit. Miss you, Mr. Patterson. We definitely hope to see you uh, next time. Yes, we definitely want you here to argue about the Nasty Boys and Barry Windham with me. <laughs> Still one of the best segments in Pencil Neck. Geeks podcast history. <laughs> it is good. And he still hasn't watched the match because he's a dick. Uh, and special thanks to Doug, who is, of course, producing this at the Boyle Street Studios. Thank you, Douglas, the pepperoni fascist. Uh, we thank you, as always. for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, because like I've started to listen to a lot more wrestling podcasts. Um, Talk is Jericho is great, and I've listened to the... Probably the yeah. best one. Yeah. And, well, Wade Keller's for the PW Torch is really good, too. Okay. Uh, I listen to Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling, which is like small snippets of stuff. And even with all that, like, I'm not going to say that, like, ours is better or stuff like that, because we don't have guests. Sure. If, right. You know, John Moxley isn't sitting here like he was for Chris Jericho or Wade Keller or that sort of thing. Um, but I will say that, like, the production here matches or surpasses a lot of those and i know that it's us being here live and not skyping somebody in or doing a phone call thing and stuff like that but the production is really great so if you want to do any recording of any sort of kind boyle street studios are here you can do that uh we should get this on a platform soon besides what we do i'm gonna literally hand draw a logo on a napkin tonight and we're just gonna like scan it in and be done with it and then we'll do something yeah for so that like we can go from Two people listening to like twenty-two people listening, and and we might not be able to get John Moxley, but we might be able to get the King of Millvale here, maybe in a guest yeah, yeah, spot yeah. sometime. Or yeah, we but... could pay Virgil a couple hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Up the cash, boys. <laughs> Don't negotiate with us. He needs that fuck money. Uh, anyways, I'm tr- I'm not gonna try and drop a bunch of f bombs in this. Um, so let's get started. Without further ado, so we have a lot to cover. And we are not going to draw this out over a very long time. So I want to talk about AEW's Double or Nothing first. We're going to try and do this kind of chronologically, although my chronological stuff gets messed up and we've had a few beers and stuff. Um, So we'll see where we go. But I want to start with Double double or Nothing. Um, I'm going to save my opinions. I want to know what your opinions are or were on the show. We watched that together minus the two matches because comcast got messed up yeah you saw the last two and so did i i I did i saw the last two um which i enjoyed a great deal uh cody dustin was a classic absolutely i mean it could go down like over time it would be one of my top match lists sure um a blood spot that rivals um Austin Brett and some even I more so past I mean, that. Yeah. That's like yeah. that's like Eddie Guerrero JBL. Well, like we were talking about what what would that be on the Muda scale? It is the Muda scale. Yeah, it is the Muda scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was great storytelling. It was it was it was really uh, it was a special moment. That Lucha Brothers Young Bucks that sunset flip pile driver yep. move or whatever yep. they yep. He, the, he does is just yep. outstanding. Yep. Just um, on the apron. Yes, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just crazy. Um, yeah, they're just outstanding. Um. You know, the, the Omega, you know, anytime Omega and Jericho are in the ring, it's going to be a good match. I, I don't know that the match 
was as good as the spoil at the end, which we already knew had already happened anyway. Uh, But I did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was a good spoil. I thought it was a great uh, surprise. Sure. Um, Even we we were actually in Texas when we found out. We both were pleasantly surprised to find it it out. So that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, overall, um, card, I would give it an A minus. Just, you know, it's still there's some matches at the beginning that didn't catch my fire. It's their first pay-per-view. I'm not going to slack them for that either. They need to, you know, build some star power. But, uh yeah, it was uh, really good. What's the guy's? N- I'm sorry, I hate to be ignorant here. The new, the heel that came out, Maxwell Jacobs. Yes, Freeman. yes, great, MJF. great new, f- new favorite of mine. Uh-huh. Probably he is uh, excellent. He's their yeah. version of the Miz, mm-hmm. but like he probably has a lot more artistic freedom mm-hmm. to a degree, and right. um, and he's he's very comparable, very comparable. Um, I think. He- you know, he's young. I think he's like 23. That's great. He has the future's bright for him. He's good on the mic. He is. Really good on the mic. Um, How is he in the ring, though? Is, the, is there any word? I don't know. I don't know. I, they, they just did the Fighter Fest show, and it was free on Bleacher Reports app, something mm-hmm. like that. I, I didn't have a chance to watch Me it. Neither. And And it was kind of a B-show thing for them, but they had him in the ring with uh, Jimmy Havoc, Adam Page, and Jungle Boy, which was kind of that whole segment. So, like, it... it Lo and well, it, seems, it looks like they're going with him versus Adam Page. We'll, yeah. we'll get to there. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. get to what they're laying uh, groundwork for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool because, like, that was all four people involved in that segment. And lo and behold, what do they do? They had some continuity and put them all in a match together. Um, who knew that you could carry over story from one show to the next? Um, but, yeah, they – they. Uh, I, I mean, my understanding is he's he's solid enough in the ring. And his gimmick's really good, so he's he's got a bright future. I don't know much about him, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's in MLW, if I'm not mistaken, okay. as well. Um, so he's he's in there against some quality opponents and learning his craft, and he's got a leg up on a lot of people because he's just he's damn good on the mic. He's great in the mic. He, yeah, yeah fine tune his skills. Um, the future is bright. Sure. I mean, I look at that. the like. This is not a direct comparison. There's not. Like, The Rock and Austin are once-in-a-lifetime things. Austin was really great in the ring and had to learn the mic. The Rock wasn't really great in the ring, but he was great on the mic whenever they let him loose. And then he learned how to work by working with good workers, and then, lo and behold, he's a pretty damn good worker, and he's good on the mic, and he becomes a superstar. Um, If he's in there with the right guys and he's learning from the right people, and that's highly likely being in a company like that where you have some freedom to do that, and you're working with guys like Christopher Daniels and Cody and The Bucks and... Omega and Jericho and stuff like that. He he can learn from some of the best in the business and become pretty damn good at it. So, um, I was just uh, looking up some of the other matches. I don't know a lot of these names, so that's why. Sure. Well, there was that. SoCal Uncensored against Shima's Chinese guys. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the opener, and I remember mm-hmm. you guys all kind of came to the conclusion that it was a little long for an opener. I liked yeah, it. I thought it was. It wasn't bad. I just, I did think it dragged a little bit. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was good. I think I think I think we were still collectively kind of settling in to watch the show and because it's a bunch of people who like each other and we don't get to see each other very often. Um, I think there was a lot of like talking through it and when you're talking yeah. for a while, it seems like you've been talking for a long time and you look up and the same stuff's going on, and you're like, That's really long, but really you haven't been talking that long. And if you were actually watching the show, you'd be like, Oh, like yeah. it, it wasn't pulling us in immediately. I was trying to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it a lot. Um, they were doing some cool stuff. Um, 
There was the the women's match. Doctor Britt Baker defeated yeah. Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray, and Awesome Kong. Mm-hmm. Was okay. Was it Kylie Ray? Is that the Bailey kind of? Uh, yeah. Okay. Which yeah. I thought she was good. I thought she was actually Same. enjoyed her a little better than Bailey. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, having Awesome Kong there was great. Yeah. And I like Doctor Britt Baker. I don't yeah. think they did enough with Kong. But I know uh, yeah, that she probably right, had right. ring rust. And but all she that had things. her big spot where she power bombed sure. half of the crowd into the, <laughs> you know, into the ring. And right, the, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, the, and it, it was a cool, it was a cool surprise. And if that had been the only surprise, people would have like mentioned it even more. But sure. because it wasn't the only surprise, right, it was right. whatever. Um, what I thought was weird. So like they determined that the winner of the battle royal was going to be the number one contender and yeah. get a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. But then they put the Battle Royal on the pre-show. That, that made absolutely zero sense to me. Right. Yeah, and, that, yeah. and I mean, like, I, I'm going to critique this a lot. Like, I'm not going to be... It's funny because if you if you have WWE diehards and you talk about AEW, like, oh, you just like it because it's a new thing. It's not that great. And it's like, well, yeah, it has its flaws. Like, everything has its flaws. I was a huge ROH fan. I could tell you all the flaws there prior to how very clearly flawed it is now. Um, even with ECW back in the day, uh, like I loved ECW, I could tell you the flaws without sure. looking back. Like in that present tense, yeah. I could tell you the flaws because you're paying attention to all of it. Like, right. um, but would you also say that you loved it so much that you suspended that disbelief in some way or sure, for I, the flaws? You, you I, let it surpass, you would pass. Yeah, I think to some, I did. That was when I, when it, I was yeah. younger. Yeah. Now okay. looking at it, having seen so much wrestling and, and having watched it for gosh, I, I, 35 years of my existence on this planet and i'm only 42 mm-hmm. um only 42 <laughs> uh it, you know it's it's now you you just have a more critical eye towards it because i i want i i know i, I accept that everything's not going to be perfect but i want it to be very good and certain things are going to have high expectations and certain things will have low expectations which we'll get into a little bit um but you know, my expectations into that were going high. So were high. So, and especially after having read the reports, because we didn't watch it live. So I was kind of looking for a reason to go like, well, they, they screwed up here. They screwed up here. And one of the things that they definitely screwed up, if the battle Royal is going to determine one of the, one of two people. So literally 50% of who is going to be your first world champion, it shouldn't go on a pre-show. And who's going to be, in the next probably one of two main events right. on the next show. Right. Yeah, why is he on the pre-show? Yeah, right. It makes no sense. That's your next right. pay-per-view, right. and it's the main event, and you're going like, well, it doesn't matter enough to put it on the main show, but next show you're going to just accept that he's in the main event. And they made a good choice with that. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about him. Page is a great choice. Yeah. I don't think he, they're going to go with him as the first champ. No, 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 no. Yeah. Because because yeah. you're you're going on to TNT. Maybe I, did I, was I a little presum- presumptive? No, with it's, that, you it's, know? it's fine. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, yeah. We can go all yeah, over the place okay. with this. Because okay. anybody who's listening to this yeah. has already read or seen or whatever. Yeah, so, right, like, right. like, screw spoilers because everybody knows what's going on. I mean, right. literally, I'm like, we joke around about how few people listen to this. But, like... These are time-consuming and stuff like that, and it's not like we have a platform, so it's the same people. We know that these people have watched it and seen it, and, you know, so you know. Um, but, I mean, TNT, their first show, who's the casual fan going to recognize? Adam Page's world champion or Chris Jericho's right, world absolutely. champion? Chris Jericho. I mean, we know he's going to win that. It's a matter of where they're going after that. And I think they're going to build Page up as the champion, which is why they had him come out and defend Brett during that segment yeah. with MJF. Uh-huh. 
Because that's going to be something that they can build into. And you can see them planning these things ahead of time. It's like, oh, look, they're planning for stuff six months from now, which mm. is a, it, it's refreshing because mm. you don't see that in the WWE. They just kind of go like, well, Vince feels this way today, so he's going to do this. And that's what they do. Um, you can see now they're building a thing where they're going to make MJF a big deal. And they're going to push these two young guys against each other and have them have a rivalry. And then maybe they disassociate and Paige gets pushed to the top eventually. And he's your champion. Yeah. And then MJF comes back up and you revisit that feud. Mm-hmm. And you can do these things for years because, you know, they're 23 and I don't think Paige is very old either. No. So, yeah. and they're cornerstones of this company. So you can do that. Um, I, I thought the production quality. Um, so, okay. Okay. Excalibur was great on commentary. Ross was good. Yeah. Alex Marvez was garbage. Yeah. Um, totally garbage. Yeah. Um, I, I like the production values. They did a really good job of the way that they made it feel. The crowd was great, and that added a lot the to the matches. The crowd was great. Yes. Yep. I liked uh, Jack Evans and Angelico against um, the best friends. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I want those characters to develop more, which you'll get with TV time. Yeah. Um, the ending. Which, when is the TV? October. October. Okay. October. Um, I, I liked the the Super Smash Brothers coming out at the end. The problem is a lot of people don't know who they were. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked cool, but like it went over like a fart in church. So that was a misstep. Um, you know, I I, I like the the Japanese women's six woman tag. That was cool. Right. Even though I thought the mustache was creepy. Remember that was my yeah. Thing? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was a little weird, yes. But. Uh, Dustin and Cody was awesome. It was a classic. And, and, and like, one of the things there, too, is it shows the value of actually doing blood matches. I'm not sure. one of those people. Like, I used to watch ECW, and the reason that was so enticing then is because my attention span was, like, incredibly tiny, sure. and, and uh, it was chaos. I don't want that in another product. Like, I like... Old school classic wrestling. I like your lucha style stuff. I like your Japanese stiff stuff. And I like blood occasionally. And like that's been taken out so much of stuff. That reminds you, like, it actually has a place in the business. Um, it made, it added so much drama to that match. So much drama to it. It's a great match. And I'm not a huge Cody fan. Um, yeah, me neither. And, and honestly, I think during his ROH run, they, they overbooked this cowardly heel shit. And now they're not doing that. Like, mm-hmm. His match apparently at Fighter Fest with Darby Allen was really good too. Mm-hmm. And he went a twenty minute draw with a new guy coming in there and he recognizes he's got some name value and they're they're doing things well with him. It's surprising. It's a really good match. A way to go Dustin for stepping up like that. He yeah, yeah. you know what? His career renaissance has been pretty phenomenal. Like him and him and Cody taking on the shield and doing all that stuff was really good. Um like he's in great shape. He's worked that DDP out. yoga, man. Well, that day. and he's sober. Yeah, yeah right. He yeah, did. Sure. He did a one of Jericho's podcasts and uh-huh. talked about being sober for a now a, a while now. And like he's he's a wonderful story. Uh, yeah, very impressive. Um, main event was fine. You know, uh, the the ending was great. Um, I like Moxley being there. I like that Moxley seems. Uh, completely refreshed and different because the way it was when he was Dean Ambrose in the WWE, he always played that crazy character, but he never seemed crazy because they wouldn't take the reins off of him a little bit. Right. And you could tell that like people would draw the comparison, obviously to Brian Pillman and the loose cannon character and all that stuff. But you go like, yeah, he can do whatever, but he's never going to really be able to let go like that. Yeah. Right. Now it seems like he's, he's got more room to do so. And he's doing it. I mean, they just did Fighter Fest, and he's in the main event against Joey Janela, and they're doing thumbtacks and barbed wire and 
stuff like that. He's got that background. He's like all about doing that to add to his story and his legacy and stuff. Like he's an interesting case because he's like, I made all the money I needed to make. Our house is paid off. My mom's house is paid off. I do whatever. It's not about that. He like wants to, he looks at it as an art form and he's trying to do that. And, and immediately walking, the best part is walking out of this show, looking at the next show you have, because Paige won the battle Royal and Jericho won the main event. You have Paige against Jericho for the title. Mm-hmm. Simple booking, but there it is. And now you have months to build it. You have Omega against Moxley. And Omega attacked Moxley after the match at Fighter Fest, and now you're back and forth, and like people want to see that. And you have Cody and Dustin joining up to take on the Young Bucks. Yeah, you have the top three matches right, right there already booked months in advance. Right. Like you're not just pulling stuff out of your ass before a pay per view. And what's funny is like you you have the network, you pay hundred and twenty dollars a year essentially for the network, hundred and thirty two. Whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's that costs less than three AEW pay per views, and I'm more inclined to pay the yeah, money absolutely. right now to watch an AEW pay per view than I am to watch the pay per view on the WWE Network live that I've already seen. Yeah. Well, I want to give I want to give them my money. I don't want to necessarily give Vince my money. Sure. Anymore. Sure. And yeah, but like yeah, it's just I'll pay. I will pay if you're going to give me something fresh. Some. some yeah. I, I don't know. And yes. you build it right. Right. Absolutely. Like, like Pull me in and give me a reason to care. That's all I've asked for. You know, I, I, there's so many good wrestlers in the WWE that I care about and I like. I like Andrade. I like Cesaro. I like Elias. I like Seth Rollins, although he's coming off awfully douchey lately. Yes, yes. I like Sami Zayn. I like Kevin Owens. Oh. I like AJ Styles. I like Finn Balor. I, I could go on and on and on. Sure. And I don't care about any of them currently because you haven't given me a reason to care. Right. <laughs> you know, like you can have the greatest talent in the world, but if you don't, it maybe it's a bad analogy, but like you could have, you know, think of any all-star baseball team and you'll get mm-hmm. so far. Uh, people will buy your merchandise because every fucking good player is there and everything else. But like, if you have bad coaching and bad decisions being made and whatever, you're going to lose to inferior competition right. more than you should. Maybe not all the time, but more than you should. You might win the vast majority of the time, but you shouldn't lose any. Sure. And you do. And they haven't given me a reason to care about anybody in a really long right. time. Which, with that said, do you think this would be a good time to talk about the ne- probably the next biggest piece of news that's come about lately, which is the um, announcement of the two sure. directors sure. on um, both respectively Raw and SmackDown. It was sure. announced this past week that uh, Paul Heyman is going to be the executive director of Raw. Is, it, is that the title, executive yeah. director? Yep. And Eric Bischoff will be the executive director of SmackDown. Sure. Sounds great on paper, but... But does but, it? But well, I, it does to me. It does to me initially. Initially, sure. And then you know, but the, you know, they will ultimately answer to Vince. But that, see, Paul Heyman answering to Vince isn't the same as Vince Russo answering to Vince, right? Like, yeah. Well, here here's the thing, and this is not to discredit those guys because their place in wrestling history is really important. But what did Bischoff book that was really really good? The I NWO. Mean, the NWO. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, okay. Right, yeah. What else? Mm. 
<laughs> it's going to take you a minute. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, no, no, he was Goldberg, like, I mean, no, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. okay, sure, yeah. Goldberg. That was yeah. Kevin Sullivan's idea, yeah, but he okay, went with okay. it. He went with it. And and he was smart enough to like fill the undercard with guys that could actually work. And then you rely on names on the top right. and book around them and let the undercard guys, he didn't really worry about stories. He was just like, well, go wrestle and put on a show. Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, uh, Chris Benoit, and then the Luchadors. I'm like, there you go. That's fine. Um, but like, it's not like he did anything memorable besides hitting a jackpot once or twice. Right. And Goldberg, I mean, Goldberg wouldn't have been nearly as big if he hadn't built up the NWO before that. Sure. So really it's all coming off of that. Now, Paul Heyman, um, I mean, we could talk about his booking in ECW, but here's the thing. He didn't have to, like, that was different because that wasn't on a national stage. We can get away with saying stuff on this podcast. I could say every dirty word that True. we could possibly yeah, want, yeah. and I could insult every person on the planet. Yeah. I could be a racist, homophobe, bigot, sexist piece of garbage on this if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, like, who's ever going to know except the people in this room and the occasional person who listens to it? And, like, maybe it happens from there. So his was a niche thing. It was a very selective thing. And he could book around that and he could make up for his wrestler's flaws. Now he's smart. He's intuitive. This is not to discredit Paul Heyman because I think he's one of the best bookers all time, but it was on a small scale. And when he got to the large, so he could look at these workers and go like, well, you have these weaknesses and flaws, but we can hide it by building up your gimmick in this way or putting you in this kind of match. You don't have that option all the time in a major company Mm -hmm. and not just that, but when he did, he did the SmackDown six, but literally what I just said is, He's known for the SmackDown 6, and people will glorify that and go, that was a great period. It was a great period because he took six of the best workers in the planet, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio, Edge, and Chavo Guerrero, and said, put them in a bunch of combinations of matches. And then he had Brock Lesnar on top and, like, the Undertaker floating around. Mm-hmm. Like, again, not to discredit that, but a lot of people could have booked that. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't remember anything else from that period. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I worry about. Well, what do we think? What he's going to do with Brock? Like, I mean, it. Here's here's the answer to that. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do, and I don't know what Eric Bischoff's going to do. But whatever they do, I don't know if it's actually going to matter because the bottom line is it still has to go through Vince. Right. Right. And. They've all worked with Vince before, and Vince has decided at some point that he doesn't want to listen to them or talk to them or deal with them, and he, they, they get released or cut or fired or whatever, and they're done. I think this whole thing, ratings are going down, revenue's going down, they're having a hard time selling tickets, they're, they just signed a multi-billion dollar deal right. to be on Fox. Mm-hmm. You have Now, this is not a private company anymore. This is a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a stockholder and I see dropping ratings... Lost revenue from sponsors and advertisers. I'm seeing low pay-per-view numbers. I'm seeing low houses. I'm seeing a hard time selling tickets. I might sell my stock. And when I'm selling my stock, your stock price is going down. And when your stock price goes down, the value of your company goes down. So what happens here is you take two names that people recognize. Stockholders will recognize it. Advertisers might recognize their names and go, look what they did. This will turn it around. And you make them think that you're going to turn it around now. Like, mm-hmm. that's the answer. If that was the answer, if they really, like, had any sort of finger on the pulse of a wrestling audience, they wouldn't have followed up the heat. Now, AEW sold out double or nothing in, what, five minutes? Yeah, something crazy. Sure. 
And people just said, well, that was a fluke. But then they did their show. It wasn't perfect. We went over that. Mm-hmm. Following that show, they put up the tickets for All or Nothing. That sold out in about five minutes. They had a higher demand than they could have managed. There's like the idea, and I don't know how legit it is, but there's people going like it could have been a small stadium show instead of an arena show. Mm-hmm. Second show. So clearly they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Not everything, but something. Because you have the best roster on the planet, an established name for decades and decades and decades, the bottom line in the business, and you can't sell out. Uh, I mean, they had, what, 9,000 people? Something. Stomping ground? Yeah, right. Yeah, 9,000 people That's for crazy. a pay-per-view. Yeah, right. and, and AEW could double that. In five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I get that it's new and it's fresh. Like, that's what happens with everything like that. But if their first show had tanked, if their first show had been basically what the WWE does right now, it wouldn't have sold like that. But it wasn't. So maybe you look at that and go, like, what can we learn from it? So you're trying to find an answer because your ratings are going down, your your ticket sales are going down and all that stuff. So what do you do? Um, Let's have... Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley have a tug of uh, war yeah. on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Let's bring back Brock Lesnar again because clearly that's what moves the needle. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, this needle, this this has been going on for years, mm-hmm. and he's been a part of that for years. Right. I don't hear people anymore clamoring to see Brock Lesnar show up, throw a bunch of suplexes, and then disappear for three or four months to show up for the next show and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's over. I literally remember writing you after Money in the Bank, which we'll get to more in depth of. Everyone knows, you know, he won Money in the Bank and saying it was the same night as Game of Thrones ending. And I was like, I think the worst ending of the night was actually Money <laughs> in the Bank, uh, which, you yeah, know, that was, that was, which is saying a lot in some cases. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's just horrible. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I, but, but, but my point is with, with, yeah. Le, with, with Heyman and Bischoff, if it was really going to be where it was a changing of things, they always said, you have full autonomy. Mm-hmm. If the ratings come up, you keep your autonomy. And if they go down or stay wherever they are, well, you're going to be gone. Right. You have two or three months to make this happen. Fair. Yeah. Okay. They're not doing that. Vince is still the bottom line. Mm-hmm. This is just to attach a name to it. And maybe he'll listen to some... he's really got the finger on the pulse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Suffer and succotash. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> um, point being is... He's still the bottom line. I don't know how much things are different now. I think that it's a lot of window dressing to cover up flaws that they're still not willing to address. Mm-hmm. They, they, I don't, I don't know if it's a, a refusal or they're just looking at things like AEW and going like, "Well, yeah, it's a fad," but like it's not, man. People have been dying for this, and and you know, Ring of Honor is still around, and Ring of Honor, if they could get their head out of their ass, they're owned by a billion dollar company, right? You know, they just. Sinclair doesn't care, and they're like, oh, look, Bubba Ray and Joey Mercury, they know something about wrestling. It's garbage now, but whatever. Right. Uh, There's, because, like, guys can leave that company now, and Cody was proof. Guys can leave that company now and go earn a living Mm -hmm. because people wanted something else, and you kept giving them the same stuff over and over and over, and now here we are, and you actually have a threat to you. So maybe you should pay attention instead of just going like, well, that's good shit. We'll put out Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, and they'll have a tug of war. Like, how how does that make anybody buy a pay per view? Unless he's like, unless Vince is like, "Wow, we need a segment where people are going to go buy beer or or merchandise." I I don't know. I don't. But if but if you're writing that in, then then like your pay per view is too long. 
Yeah, like right, right. big surprise oh, right. there. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I yeah. I don't know, man. And, and like, and again, what's your impetus to change? Whenever here's the thing: it used to be your impetus to change didn't have to matter because you'd make your money off the network, you'd make your money off of whatever. Um, but now you kind of have to because if I'm here's the thing with Fox with this deal, if your ratings drop below a certain point, they'll put them on FS1. Yeah, they'll put them on Fox Sports. Right, they'll put them on whatever because they'll put in something else that'll draw a bigger rating right, and bring absolutely. more advertiser dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what are you doing? I mean, yeah, you still have your money, but you're not going to get the house shows that you want, the pay-per-view buys that you want, network subscriptions that you want. You're not going to move merch like you want. And right. so, like, yeah, okay, you have that money, but all these other revenue streams are going to suffer because of it, right. and you can't really do that. Right. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I want to be wrong. Like, I, I, love, I love the idea, theoretically, that Paul Heyman would do Raw, especially give him the three-hour show, give Bischoff the two-hour show. And give, give – so what it's breaking down to now is, like, you know, so SmackDown's going to be on Fox. That's going to be more the main – maybe the mainstream show. Whereas, I think they're going to put a lot of the star power on there. Yeah, whereas but Raw that, will still be the wrestling fan show, which – so I think the, the, the respective directors for the respective show makes sense. Yeah, I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense because yeah. Heyman is a better better at building up characters, mm-hmm. and Bischoff's right. pretty good at use, utilizing big names in a right. mainstream setting. Mm-hmm. So that's fine, I, but that's if they are allowed to actually do that. Yeah, exactly. And that's a we'll-see-what-happens thing. Uh, I mean, apparently they, they, they're starting now, so – Oh really? Okay, now okay. There was there was the rumor that like like who who knows everything is hearsay, but like there was the rumor that it's like yeah they're gonna be integrated. Now it's like you hear, oh no they're starting now. We'll see. I hope. I mean they need to do something. Mm-hmm. Speaking of money in the bank, because yes. we talked about that, so let's just talk about the main event first. Okay. Um, this whole idea that Brock Lesnar can come out, climb a ladder, pull down a briefcase be thrust, like shoved back into the main storylines of that company, and he probably made more money walking down that aisle, climbing that ladder and grabbing that briefcase Uh than some of those guys will make in six months. Yeah. Now, I didn't watch it. Did Baron Corbin say, we're we're putting Brock Lesnar in the match? Like, No. He just just walked down and it was assumed he was in the match. There was a backstage attack, and now I'm going to have to recall something that I barely cared about. Yeah, right, right. There's a backstage attack. Okay. And he comes out. Okay. At the end. Now imagine being one of the workers in there, a guy like Ricochet, who right. puts his body on the line every match. A guy like Andrade, who's been dying for an opportunity. Dying. He as soon as he gets any momentum, he's off a of TV for three or four weeks. Right. Imagine being one of those guys, and then the guy who shows up when he wants to gets paid a shit ton of money to do the same to things like eight, over and over. Eight dates a year. And not even yeah. just that, but work like Sometimes, here's the thing. Sometimes Brock puts on really great matches. His match with Daniel Bryan was great. His match with Finn Balor was pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. His match with AJ Styles was great when he's got the right opponent in there for him. He's had his moments. He's capable, but sometimes he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, listen to the Moxley interview, and he's Mm -hmm. going into WrestleMania. That could have been a make-or-break thing for Dean Ambrose. Sure, absolutely. And he didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Brock didn't care. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you get paid a lot of money to show up, throw a bunch of suplexes, and then disappear again. Those guys were in there, and there were some brutal things happening in that match. Like, these guys are taking all these rough spots, trying so hard to get over, mm-hmm. fighting so hard to be in any sort of prominent position, and it's like, like how much of a kick in the balls is it? when oh, It's God. like, yeah. oh, look, it's the same thing. No matter how hard we work, 
here's this guy who shows up when he wants to, and it, that's what they're going to push. It was almost like I thought it was a joke when I first I know, heard it. You I know. know. I couldn't, yeah. I can't fathom it. It's like that. this joke isn't funny anymore. You know? yeah, really, and, yeah, and I mean, I mean, what's, you know, it's it's all spinning wheels. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you get something cool, like like Kofi won the belt. So what are they doing? They bring Dolph Ziggler back to be his challenger. Right. Dolph Ziggler hasn't been around forever. Nobody looks at him and goes like, yeah, we think he's going to win the world title. Like, you've neutered a guy who's been waiting for this chance forever. True. You know? Although um, they can, they, those two could have a good match. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't. Okay, yeah. but like, does it does it scream main no, event? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Not does at it all. scream no. world title worthy? No, no of course not. Right. They should have Kofi in there, like taking on somebody of some relevance, like put him over AJ. Yeah, I mean that's a great example. Like Ricochet, I think Ricochet is a future star. I've said that over and over and without over. question. We uh, we both yeah right absolutely. His first match on Raw, his first solo match, singles match, he loses to Robert Roode. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like Robert Roode, but why? And then mm-hmm. they put him over him. Yeah. So what have you done for either guy? And right. then they, they shove him into this angle with Samoa Joe for the U.S. title, which is fine. Great. He won five-way match to do that. Mm-hmm. He's taken on Joe. He wins the title unexpectedly. That's great. Run with it. But instead, they have him take on AJ on Raw, and he non-title match, and he loses to AJ. Right. Why? It makes no sense. Like, And yeah. I'm not saying put him over AJ, right. but like the idea was you wanted to show that he could hang with him, but mm-hmm. he just wasn't there yet. But like he's ascending. But even someone who doesn't watch wrestling could watch him and say he's a star. Right. Like, I mean, he is just so gifted. And I, I can't, I don't know, like, if it's a weird paying of the dues. I, it, it's, it's stupid. It makes no sense. Well, I mean, yeah. you don't you don't want to automatically put over everybody over everybody. But, like, at the same time, then just don't book that. Sure. Like, have him take on guys that can put on a good match with him. Let him show off his athleticism. Build his character. Give him the belt so he seems important, and then, you know, when he's ready, move him up to that level, and then you put him over guys like that. There's no reason, and especially immediately following a loss. Like, let him win a couple, and then let him take on somebody like AJ and come close and lose. Right. And then they can have their show respect thing and show, like, man, well, he he wasn't quite there yet, but he's real close. Mm -hmm. But you did it right after he finally won something. Yeah. Right after. I mean, it's just, it's nonsensical, and none of it makes any sense. Unless I don't, do you think they have something else planned for Ricochet? Like maybe I don't know. Do we see him? Uh, no, you don't? no, no. Okay, no. They have okay, nothing yeah. else planned for anybody ever. Yeah, they well, they, true, they yeah. just go like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I mean, the same way. All of a sudden, everything's a two out of three falls match. Yeah, right. Okay, it's the same way where well, we're going to do the roster shakeup, but oh look, ratings drop. So now we have a wild card thing, and it's five guys, and then like literally the second day into it, there's six guys from one show on another. <laughs> So, like, there's no planning. Right. That's part of the problem. There's no planning. It's at the whims of a 73-year-old man who isn't really in touch with, you know, pop culture and modern anything. At all. And, and, uh, like, I'm not going to knock that because without him, none of this exists. None of it. True. Or if it does, it's not on this level. Right. But, man, I, I just, like, at some point, you know, it's like, it's like being the quarterback who, like, like, you should be able to look around and go, like, I can't do this the same yeah, way anymore. Right. Like, I made my money. I did my thing. Mm-hmm. My legacy's secure. I'll still make money off my personality. Joe Montana still makes money off sure. of Skechers, dude. Right, absolutely. Like, you yeah, know? John Elway, yeah, right, absolutely. Right, yeah. so go make your money and mm-hmm. do whatever. But, yeah. like, like, Vince doesn't have to do this. He's choosing to do this, and he's watching his product die, and he's pointing the finger everywhere else. 
But isn't the whole point of having a legacy like that? And he's he has built up like a legacy with that. Sure. You know, to pass that torch. You would I, think. You would think. I know. I, yeah. Well, there's the whole thing like, why isn't Triple H doing the shows and blah, blah, mm. blah, and got skipped over. And who knows? There's so much. Like, none of there's a lot of weird shit in this business. Let's just sure. mm-hmm. talk about it that way. So sure. whatever, who cares? Like, I hope I, I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe this is a thing that's legit and they go like, yeah, we know Paul and Bischoff have done it before in other companies. Maybe they'll do it here. And maybe they'll take their word for something and hopefully ratings turn around. And then there's an actual real battle between things. Cause here's the thing. People are like, well, AEW is going to be going up against NXT. I can watch the NXT replay anytime. Yeah, exactly. AEW is going to be live. I'm going to watch right. AEW. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, you know, right. I, like DVR doesn't matter at that point because I want to. I want to see what's going to happen every week. Right. Because they put out a compelling product. I have no compulsion. I don't sit down to watch Raw. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. Three we're going to be actually. We're Raw's on right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, three yeah, hours right. of right. that yeah. of mm-hmm. going like like literally it's just three hours of like stomping on what I used to enjoy. Right. And I don't want it to be that way. Like people think that we take some sort of like sick pleasure in, in, in attacking this and whatever. And like, I don't, it's the same thing. Like today we were talking about the penguin signing cause they signed Brandon Tanev and like, because I'm critical of that signing, they're like, Oh, you don't know anything. I'm like, it's not that I don't like the player. It's that it doesn't make any sense. Like sure. I, I don't, I don't want a flawed product and like being critical. Isn't something that I want to do. I want to look at everything and be like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the Monday Night Wars, and I remember how those two companies pushed each other right. to do better things, and I was like, this is awesome. And then I would see something somewhere else, and I'd be like, this is awesome. And then you saw a company that kept doing awesome things and one that kept doing dumb things, WCW. Mm, right. Mm. Like, Sting getting attacked by Dobermans that were Rick Steiners in the yeah. back. And, right. and you know, <laughs> on the other channel, you've got The Rock doing shit. And I'm like, this is awesome, and that's not. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I, I, I want... I, I, like they did things and they felt compelled to, and I want them to feel compelled to again and stop just stop hating your fucking fans. Yes, I mean, exactly. Stop hating your fans. Like mm-hmm. you say, you listen to them, so listen to them. Right. Like, <laughs> where's Rusev? Yeah, God. How over was that? Yeah, I know. Really. Remember when Cesaro won the Andre oh, the, the Giant, Giant Battle, Battle Royal, Royal at WrestleMania yes, 30? At 30 what thought, happened there? Right, and then they gave him Paul Heyman as a manager. Even right. And what moment. What happened right. there? Exactly nothing. What happened there? Right. I mean, I could go on and on with oh, all this God, stuff absolutely. and what happened, yeah. you know? Why is Shane McMahon in a feud with Roman Reigns? Right. Why did Shane McMahon beat The Miz in Roman Reigns? Meanwhile, Roman Reigns is pinning Elias in seven seconds on a right. pay-per-view. Exactly. Why is, like... I mean, there's rumors now that the guy that's going to beat Kofi for the world title is Shane McMahon. Oh, that is, it re- that is horrible. That's a rumor. That is terrible. I know. What are they doing with Aleister Black? Like, that's another thing. This is like... The, promos? This, yeah, promos. Promos. And promos somebody and... knocked on the door finally, so we'll see what happens uh, okay. at whatever uh, pay-per-view, okay. but yeah. nothing came of it. Okay. He'll probably be off TV for six weeks after he wrestles. Probably. Right. Um, one thing we got right at Money of the Bank, I like Bailey winning, and I, I like agree. that Bailey cashed in. Mm-hmm. Yes, I thought it was cool. I, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's smart to get the belts, the the, the belt off of, Be- of Becky. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Um. So that was fine. And Bailey cashing in on Charlotte made a lot of sense. It built up a nice feud over there. Sure. It's got the belts separated. It gives the women something to fight over. I like that part. That was great. I agree. That was great. Good. So there, I gave them credit for doing something right. <laughs> they crapped all over it later by having Brock Lesnar come out and win yeah, money in absolutely. the bank after it, a bunch of dudes who are way better than him worked their asses yeah. off. 
and he got to do that. It was like, yay. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. right. Um, stomping ground. Okay. Oh, I oh no, no, no. Saudi Arabia. Saudi oh, Arabia. Uh, chronologically. Okay. For, you know what? So we, we joke about Vince and the sweet, sweet Saudi blood money. Right. But seriously, with what's going on over there, that, and, and what, and what he puts out there, that is it. Yeah. That is it. it. That is all there is. And, and not only that, he is, Dumbing down to like because we talked about how um, obviously the and this isn't meant to sound stereotypical, but it's apparent that the Saudi fans are stuck in the '90s with Yokozuna, yeah. and even the Undertaker's thought, entrance. Yeah. The Undertaker's entrance was straight out of the '90s. The Undertaker was walking the ropes the other night. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the other night at the Saudi pay per view, it's 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 horrible. It's just a horrible, horrible. Pay per view and just with what's going on over there, it's disgusting. Speaking of the yeah. Undertaker, you know he's coming back for Extreme Rules, yes, right? Right. Him yeah. and Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre yes. and oh Shane McMahon. Shane. McMahon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's so, so, what's 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 wrong with that picture? Right. Exactly. You know? Especially so. So we really want to see you know Taker Shane again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I digress. Yeah, I had to right, interject I, there while yeah, we I were talking about, about that. It. I did so. hear that. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But. The Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah, so I uh, the only thing I could stomach to watch because I knew it was just all going to be like dog shit. You know, I can't even think of it like a more eloquent term to put it. Was uh, it's not. I did watch this cluster fuck that I heard of of, of <laughs> Goldberg and the Undertaker uh, going at it and botching several moves. I mean, Goldberg botched a jackhammer. Taker botched a. Tombstone, or, or was that it's, it's, or was that t- payback? No, 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 uh, no, no, no. That was after the whole problem was Goldberg. Goldberg still never learned how to wrestle. Yeah, right. I mean, like, right. here's the thing. I've I've softened on him. So when he was like coming up, he was a dick. He didn't care about anything but making money. He had everybody in his ear. He thought because he played in the NFL for two minutes that he was a bigger deal than anybody right. else. Whatever. He kind of came around, like, his whole deal coming back for a second run was, like, I want my kid to be able to see me wrestle. And, like, he seemed genuinely moved by the fact the fans still cared about him and he was still somewhat relevant. Mm-hmm. And, the, like, him beating Brock in a squash was a great was angle. It was a great moment. It should have really been somebody was. else doing it, but sure. I digress. Yeah. We should have a show where, really, it's just, like, what are the most egregious booking decisions that you can think of? Right. Mm-hmm. That would be, like, a two-hour show. Sure. No yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, but... But all that aside, him being a much nicer guy and all that shit, he never learned how to wrestle. No. He went for that charge in the po- like in the corner, and he posted himself. He yeah. hit his head uh-huh. and knocked himself loopy. Right. That was the problem. Like, when you're doing that, Taker didn't screw up the tombstone. Goldberg didn't tuck his head. Oh, uh, okay. Okay? Right, right. He's knocked crazy. That's why he screwed up the jackhammer. That's why he they screwed up the tombstone tombstone spot. That's why they couldn't do the reversal. That's why he couldn't get any height on the choke slam. I mean, like from that point forward, that match was dead in the water. Right. And I don't think it would have turned out like people would go like, "Oh, they were too old," and blah blah blah. And like, yeah, I mean, they are too old. Like the yeah. combined wow. age was a hundred and seven or something like wow, that. Wow, then it was wow. I think Goldberg's like fifty two and Taker's like fifty four maybe yeah, or something. So, yeah, one oh six. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I might be wrong, but it's it's over a hundred years old yeah, combined. Right, combined. It's hundred and seven degrees in Saudi Arabia in the ring, like one ten. Yeah. yeah. Um but before that, they were going the whole route where he did with Brock at the WrestleMania match that actually turned out pretty well where it was just like throwing heavy bombs, haymakers things. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to book that sort of thing because it's like you—it almost 
sets the importance of the show. Um, but as soon as he knocked himself silly, Loopy, yeah. it was over. It was yeah. over. And it's a shame because, like... So was that when he was bleeding from or Was that blood legit? Because it looked fake oh, yeah. to me. Nope, 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 nope. That was, okay. that was absolutely legit. Okay. It's, it's honestly, it's a shame. Um, and it's, it, there's two sides to this. Part of me goes like, it's a shame because if that hadn't happened, it very well might have turned out to be kind of a semi-epic matchup given their age and their characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It could have been kind of cool. Sure. The other part of me goes like, yeah, but they're that old, so you're putting them at that sort of risk anyway, so you get what you deserve. Sure. Well, okay. Uh, and it's not right. Like, I, I I, wish that he hadn't knocked himself unconscious or, like, knocked himself stupid. He gave like himself he, a concussion. Yeah, he had yeah, a concussion. Yeah, without and, a doubt, but, yeah. but that's a simple spot. That's right. not yeah, a hard spot. Exactly. Right. And you goofed on it. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, and now you have the two dropping each other on their heads and, like, all over the place, it's... It's a sad commentary on that whole situation. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been put out there like that. No. If anything, it should have been shoved in the middle of the card and become a thing. It was still a big deal, but like you could have put it in the middle of the card and and just kind of glossed over it later. It still yeah. happened. You make the Saudi fans happy, and that's that. I'm sure they. I'm sure they, the paydays were huge, and I'm sure. Oh yeah, 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 could, yeah. That's why they couldn't. Oh pass yeah, it up. yeah, of course. And and who can blame them? Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. Fifteen minutes yeah, in the right, ring yeah. for. Shit, probably a couple million bucks. Right. Okay, yeah, exactly. That's fine. I, I I'll look like an. I I'll stand in the middle of that ring naked for five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. for for like half an hour. Yeah, right, like, right, right. Like double the time, a quarter of the price, <laughs> nude. I'm there. Uh, so whatever, I yeah. get it. I, it's just it's a shame because you think of them differently because they're larger than life characters and it's what you grew up on and right. you like want them to be above that and they're not. They're they're people. Um, stomping around. I saw the last, well, I saw the end of the Kofi Dolph cage match. That was yeah, that, man. where it was, uh, ended with Kofi doing another miraculous move. I love Kofi, but it's always something miraculous. Sure. And, uh, him diving over a Dolph crawling out of the ring and it actually looked like he could have hurt himself pretty, uh, legit in that spot, actually. Um, but, you know, I'm glad he won. And I watched the, uh, Seth Rollins Baron Corbin match where Lacey Evans was appointed, uh, special guest referee was that the main event yes right i know i'm being it, i'm being oh, rhetorical oh, oh, right, right because and you 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 see the problem in that entire sentence right right oh god yeah you know and not only that it was it was a short pay-per-view it was over at like 10 20 okay. i believe so and so she came out and uh because it's it's obvious it was and it was obvious from the get-go where they were going to go with sure this because the match earlier in the night was Lacey versus becky lynch and they're putting this even in real life Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are an item, and they're going public with this. And I think it's really dumb to do that. I agree. Like, let them be who they are. Exactly. They don't have to be a thing. And um, I'm sure there's casual female fans that think it's cute. I know one. Yeah, but yeah, but but I mean, okay, yeah, but like, is that is that your target market? Right, exactly. Right. You know, no offense. Like, you should cater to a lot of people's Mm -hmm. things that they want to see, but is that your target market? Right. You know. I did miss the match earlier tonight where Ricochet won the U.S. title. It was on 
that was this card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I missed that, which that sounded like that was like the, the highlight by far of the night. Sure. Uh, so anyway, long story short, in the in the Seth Rollins-Baron Corbin match, Lacey Evans kept changing the rules. Baron Corbin almost got counted out. Suddenly it was a no count out. And then she's smacking Seth. Which is over and, the edge 98. Right. Steve Austin versus Dude Love. Right. So. And then next thing you know, um, <sighs> here comes Becky to destroy the guest referee. Lacey. Yeah. Um, help out her boyfriend. Right. And here comes the ref and Seth wins in a squash, basically. And oh, they're so cute. Well, here's here's together. not that not only that. So like Baron Corbin is your main event here. Oh god, I know. Okay, but Come but on. hold on. No, to make to but to make that even worse, not only is your main he's your main event heel, but they had to change all of those rules to even give him a fighting right. chance. Yeah. And he still <laughs> lost. Right. Yeah. So and but but he's in that spot still. Right. Like how your your workers in a main event spot or title contenders or whatever have to have some sort of credibility? What have you done to build up any credibility for him at all? Right. And 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 why why are the rules allowed to bend for him? Mm-hmm. And why is it that he needs that if he's such a talented guy or he's a good wrestler? And why the hell is that your main event? Yeah. Like really? I don't. I it it's. Like people, people were actually giving that show good marks, and I'm looking at it going like, because it looks so abysmal on yeah, paper that yeah, it has yeah. to be. You easy. thought it was yeah. going to be a disaster, right, and you actually yeah. got a couple right. of matches that were watchable, and you go like, right. "That's a good show." That's not mm-hmm. a good show. It's yeah. that your expectations were garbage. I mean, it's the same way like New Japan could put on a show that would blow that out of the water, but not be up to their regular standards. And people would be like, "That wasn't a great show." Right. If it was WWE putting on that show, people would be like doing cartwheels and blowing a load. Mm-hmm. And your bar's different for different promotions. The fact that you have Baron Corbin in a main event in 2019 yeah. is part of the problem. The right. fact that you have Shane McMahon in a prominent position right. in 2019 God, yes. is a problem. The problem. fact yes. that you know you you drugged Dolph Ziggler off the scrap heap to be a part of him, like, and shoved him into a world championship program is part of the problem. Nobody's buying this. I mean, if you told me a year ago that your main events for a pay-per-view on WWE, your your world title matches were going to be Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin and Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler, (laughs) I'd have said, what the hell happened? Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. And you think about the guys that they missed out on who could have been main event programs, like, Braun Strowman theoretically should have been the guy to go over Brock really? Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. Samoa Joe. Yeah. At right. one point had that kind of heat going on. Finn Balor had that happening. Daniel Bryan, where was he? He was with Rowan taking on heavy machinery right. in a match that nobody cared about. Right. Like, these are people that the fans care about. Where was AJ Styles on that show? Yeah, no, was he at all? No. Uh, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you know, what are you doing? And, and and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And literally from that show, what are you going to remember from it? What are you going to remember? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Which is which is in such stark contrast. This is the last thing we'll talk about on this. We're okay. actually doing okay here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, not with content, but with time. Sure. Yeah. We're always doing okay with well, content. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we do run. We can move. We can be a little long winded at times. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the same company. Yes. Did NXT 25? How was that? I thought it was excellent. Um, Top to bottom, I I, 
I, I remember that the, the, it started out with the tag team matches. It wasn't the, no, the no, no, no. Matt Riddle versus uh, Roderick Strong. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Great opener. It was. I love yeah. Roderick Strong. Yeah. Absolutely. Roderick, what's crazy? He, about, he, he was great. Yeah. What's crazy about this is, do you know how old he is? He's like thirty-five. Okay. Okay. And that may sound like you have to remember wrestlers like are in their prime in like in like forty. Mm-hmm. Um. Roderick, that it used to be that way. That started to shift and change a little bit. Roderick Strong is 35, and I was like, well, I thought he was older. And the reason I thought he was older is because I used to watch ROH, and in 2004, yeah, he came into ROH mm-hmm. and was wrestling great matches. It was him and Jack Evans, who was part of that team right. with Angelico, mm-hmm. and Austin Aries and Alex Shelley from the Motor City Machine Guns and stuff like that. And Roderick Strong was putting on good matches then at the age of 21. Mm-hmm. He was wrestling hour-long matches with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, and Ring mm-hmm. of Honor in 2006. And I'm looking back, and those matches are amazing. And I'm looking back going, like, man, he was 23 years old and doing that mm-hmm. stuff. The kid is a, a, a like an in-ring wrestling genius, and he's been a prodigy for a long time. He's terrible on the mic yeah he's dean malenko but like a better harder hitting awesome version of dean malenko it's kind of funny he even kind of resembles dean at malenko right, in right. appearance and stature and i like, and i yeah. rewatched that match yeah. today and there's a sequence where he's running back and forth on the ropes while riddles tied it right up yes, him, yes yes delivering exactly forearms yeah. and knees and right. forearms and knees and the crowd just blows and then he does this like reverse like suplex thing and goes for a pin and riddle kicks out and the the crowd loses their mind. And this is the opener of the show. Right, right. Um, riddle, riddle each pay-per-view, I feel, is a little better. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I, he's I didn't get him I, at first. Yeah, I know. I, it, like, it, was, was this the match where he, he jumped in the ring and he kicked his kicked flip out his flip-flops yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just And he, he kind of also a great scathing uh, promo on Goldberg. After the uh, Goldberg, yeah, but you know what? Fuck him, because Goldberg's made more money. Oh, sure. And I'm not a Goldberg defender, but Goldberg's made a lot more money, sold a lot more stuff, and Goldberg, like, legit, got hurt in that match. If he doesn't get hurt in that match, whatever. And his whole idea, like Riddle's explanation for it, was like Goldberg just never cared about the business. Blah blah blah. Like, shut up, dude. Like, like you don't, you don't, like, don't bury yourself, right? Because you don't know who, like, like you haven't been a star. And 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 like worthy or not, Goldberg was like Goldberg still has name value now, and he was big in 1998. Mm-hmm. That's longevity, like it or not. 20 years from now, if Matt Riddle stopped wrestling today, nobody remembers Matt Riddle. True. That's so true, yeah. shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I thought it was funny because he, he cut it in his sort of dude surfer kind yeah, of uh, yeah. promo. I thought it was funny. I know I don't get the whole bro thing. Yeah. Right. And it's mostly because I hate the word bro. Right, right. Like, yeah. we have a friend that says bro sure. too much. Well, yeah, I don't think of him in that type of bro. I think of him as, like, Jeff Spicoli, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wooderson from Dazed and Confused kind of bro in some way, too. Sure, yeah, yeah. sure. I, I mean, what? I, here's the thing. I, I, I like him more and more in the ring. Mm-hmm. I've come around on him. Like, I'll watch a Matt Riddle match and not sit there and go, like, I don't see what the big deal is. Now I go, like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... I'm not blown away. Still, yeah. I'm not a fan of barefoot wrestlers. <laughs> I am. See, I like really? that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Kevin Von Erich, dude. Yeah. Like, I was a huge Kevin Von Erich fan. So, but, but like that whole thing, I, I don't know. Like, I, but then I look at that match and I go, like, Roderick Strong absolutely carried that match. Yeah, oh, without question. Yeah. Well, without see, question, but people yeah. like, here's the thing. Riddle, Riddle cut his teeth on the Indies and put on uh-huh. apparently really great matches. I just, 
I haven't seen it here, and and that could very much be about who he's in the ring with. He was in the ring, like, and this is no knock on the Velveteen Dream, but as far as in-ring experience and, like, you know, psychology and know-how, um, Broderick Strong is better than Velveteen Dream. Yeah, that said, I know I might be jumping the gun on one match here. I thought the star of the night for me was Velveteen Dream. I thought that match was... Um, Average. It was average. It was average because of Tyler Breeze. I thought. I thought Velveteen Dream really looked good, it, especially that finishing sequence where he does his uh, sort of brain buster up to the Macho Man elbow off the top rope. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. quick. He's agile. He looks good in the ring. I uh, to me, like of everything that I watched, and I mean, there were some good matches. He stood out the most to me. Oh yeah, he's and, he's he's got star written all over. Right, him. right. But I I just. It felt like it, that was a very WWE style match, sure, and that's mostly because of Tyler Breeze, right? Absolutely. More than anything, mm-hmm. I I just kind of I didn't have expectations going into it, so I was just kind of like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean I disliked it. It's just, you know, that opener was great. The tag team match was great. Tag team, yeah, the tag team match was okay. I yeah. well, here's what I didn't like that that Jackson Riker dude. Yeah. Like the, that 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 was like slamming your emergency brake on when you're going seventy. Yeah. Like, why are you putting this in the middle of this match yeah. to establish this guy as like Frankenstein? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Your big, your big muscular behemoth. Right. Yeah. That was stupid. Who even? You know what? I hate to say this. I forget who he won. It was it the Street Profits? Yeah. Or, yeah. Here's they, the thing. Which, which I figured it was. It was about time for that. Montez yeah. Ford is awesome. Okay. He's the skinnier of the two. Yes. Right. That dude is an incredible athlete. Like mm-hmm. the he was jumping off of shit and flying around like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that guy is one of the more impressive athletes I've I've seen in a really mm-hmm. long time. Like him right. and it, him and Ricochet are like right there as far as athleticism. Yeah, right. Um, very impressive. I didn't mind Forgotten Sons. I thought yeah. they took really good bumps. Kyle O'Reilly was a badass in that match because he took a bump in the beginning that tore up his back and kept going. Right. He took a couple of nasty He actually, calls. oh, he took so many bumps in yeah. that match. Yeah. Actually, they commented on it like, yeah. uh, what did he, oh, <laughs> Morrow made the comment, you th- you've heard of Bran the Broken, because he, he, Morrow was all about the uh, Game of Thrones quotes on this one all night, too, because it was right after the finale. He, he was talking about Bran the Broken and comparing to Kyle O'Reilly, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. You know, and here's the thing, too, since you brought his name up, Morrow needs to calm the fuck yes, down, dude. Yes, he does, yeah. I get the crowd is hyped up, and you're trying to sell the importance of everything and the excitement of yeah. everything, but, like, when it's all... The time yeah, you're yeah. taking away from him and right. Nigel need to calm down. Sure. Not everything is like it needs a scream for it. Um, what were your thoughts on Beth Phoenix? She's fine. Yeah, I thought she did okay. She provides yeah, enough. Absolutely. She's fine. She was yeah. she was actually one of the more like she was the rational one. And I don't know if that's because Morrow and Nigel were yelling so much. <laughs> right. But I was like, I literally with commentary, I was just and I like Morrow. Like he's a smart dude yes, and he knows how I, to tell exactly. a story and he knows how to like mm-hmm. do all that. But I'm just sitting there going, like, dude, just take it down a notch. He's the guy in the room who's telling the really great stories but doesn't stop, and his volume just escalates right. over everybody, so everybody else has to raise the volume, sure. too. Yeah. And you just want to look at him and be like, listen, I like you, and you're funny and whatever, but shut up. Yeah, That's him. 
Um, I, I thought I thought the tag match was good. Like they did whatever. The right team went over. Uh, I, I like Orny Lurkin and Danny Birch, but like that's never a team that's going to be on the main roster yeah, and do anything. I, yeah. I like that Danny Birch looks like he's like Baron von Raschke that's in shape. Yeah, right. Like he's got the old school tights <laughs> up right, over right. the belly button uh-huh. and like no tape and no pads, and he just does whatever. Right. Like they're cool old school shooter guys, but like, eh. Um. And and uh, the women's match was fine. It was like, fine. And here's the, I, I am a big as big a defender of Shayna Baszler as anyone. I yeah, love her. Yeah. But I'm I'm tired of yeah, it's, it's, it's time, time for someone it. else. Yeah. And it's time for her to go to the main roster. Yeah. I think sure. You know? Especially sure. if Ronda's taking time off. You know because she fits that role well. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I agree. It's been it's been time. Yes, exactly. Um. Main event was great. It was. Right guy won that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Gargano. I think mm-hmm. Gargano, pound for pound, is the best wrestler on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. Like, even more so than Okada, Omega, those mm-hmm. guys. I sure. think that Gargano can work with... I mean, because you look at it, whether it was with Andrade or Ricochet or Ciampa or Cole, or who, like, you can put him in all those scenarios, and he worked great with every single one of those wrestlers, and you can't turn around and do the same thing for them. Right. Like, if they were matched up that way. Mm-hmm. Like, he can go in there with anybody, and if they mm-hmm. go, like, you have 20 minutes, he'll turn in something great. Yeah. The only thing I'd say about this match, it was great. I didn't think it was as good as the two out of three falls match that was at the previous Yeah, but review. that was a different thing. Like, that was mm-hmm. – the, 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 you were – people were more emotionally invested because it was like Gargano was really going to win this. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the payoff they were looking for. What's funny is, as soon as he did, then the fans started to turn against him because they're like, you got your reign, now get out and yeah, like, let somebody I else know. do whatever. Yeah, right, right. You know? Because, yeah. well, I mean, it's true. Like, yeah. the money's yeah. in the chase. It's the same way when Sami Zayn finally won it down there. He finally beat Neville, he won it, and then mm-hmm. his very, like, first defense, he lost it to Owens. Like our friend Lemmy once said, the chase is better than the catch. It's and, true. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It really is. <laughs> um, you know, and people were fickle and whatever, but, like, it's absolutely true, and and I think that it was Cole's time, and I I I think, you know, they're they're replenishing the roster in NXT now too. Like they're doing the prospects tournament where you have Trevor Lee and DJZ and some of these other guys coming in, and and I think that that's cool. ACH is in there, and okay, stuff like that. Good. So yeah, you know, I like him, yeah, and yeah. and and Donovan Donovan Djokovic or however the hell you say his name, and Keith Lee, and like they're they're starting to rebuild the roster there, so that's cool. Um. You know, I mean, because all of a sudden the, the roster didn't have Alistair Black or Ricochet or the the Viking Raiders. I know, I know, uh, I know. I can't get into yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Point being, I thought the I, I thought the NXT show was really really good. Um, yeah, it was it honestly. Was. I if would I'm give if, that an A. If I'm talking, yeah, if I'm talking just wrestling, I think it was probably a better wrestling show than All In. Sure. I I mean, it didn't have the historical impact of All In, and I don't yeah. think that it's... I think, honestly, part of the thing with All In as well is they're trying to do so much in such a short amount of time right. that it almost wears you out. Like, sure. Like, I remember when pay-per-views were, like, seven matches. Right. Well, I remember then, there were two hours. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, that was yeah. in your house. Well, yeah. But, I mean... No, was, even some of the earlier ones. I mean, not WrestleMania, no, but no, it, yeah. I think some of, the, some of them were, I thought. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Survivor Series were because it was yeah. like five matches. Yeah, right. Because you had yeah. like ten guys in the ring, so right. that was like yeah. the whole roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was you know. Then it turned into eight matches. Then it was like ten matches. Now it's like 
12 matches. Now the pre-show's at 4.15, and we'll get you done yeah. by 12.45. Well, and even AEW yeah. did that. And, right. I, and uh-huh. I don't, I don't right. want to do that. Like, make the characters important, and don't put everybody on every pay-per-view, and don't do whatever. I mean, I actually, you know, I actually kind of like that AJ wasn't on this pay-per-view because, you know, they weren't going to put him on everything. But I think that's more that they, he's injured or they didn't have a story for him. And, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we could talk about how we would do a company. Like, one of the podcasts I want to do eventually is, you know, we draft a company and what right. do we do with our company? Right. And one of my things I do with a company, spoiler alert, is I would be like, well, uh, periodically I take a couple, two or three or four guys off the roster and I tell them to go home for three months. Yeah, it keeps. It, I think it keeps stuff fresh. Let them heal and up. Let them heal up. Do whatever, up, right. and then Mental you give other rape, guys exposure. Will, yeah, right. You bring them back. People are excited Less to see out. them again. Right. And and it's not it's not because like they're not important. It's just because like, well, let's not have your face out there every week and people see you and just get tired of your ass. You know what I mean? Now I'm all about that idea for the simple fact that I work in a field. I'm a nurse where burnout is very common and I'm on the verge of having three weeks off, which I look forward to a great then It keeps me fresh on my job. So what you're sure. telling me sounds absolutely outstanding. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. That's what I mean. I, I yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's to, to keep things interesting. Anyways, um, Regardless, I think I think we've hit all the major points of the things we right. wanted to talk about. Do we about. want to talk about Firefly Funhouse or Oh, I uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, it, yeah. No, no, it it's seems cool. to be the one fresh thing on WWE. I like it. Yeah. Right. I like it. I mean I think it's I think it's super weird and creative and mm-hmm. interesting and I, I I think it caught people off guard because nobody knew what to make of it at first. What's well, goofy fun with the sinister side, there's this Donnie Darko you know, bunny look, you know, kind of demon character that's yeah. on there, obviously. And he sings his goofy little songs. It's like, it's sort of like Pee Wee's Playhouse on acid in some way. Yeah. It really is, well, which is fun. Yeah. And, and let's be clear. Bray apparently worked his ass off because he looks like he's in great shape. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it's good because his character had run its course, unfortunately, because they, they had a great character and an interesting character coming in and then they split up the Wyatt family and then they, they bitched him out on everything that they could. Yeah. They never really evolved with it. Like, right. didn't explain what his modus operandi, for lack of a better term, is. Um, so they didn't do the things they could have with that. And there was a lot of room to grow. They didn't. So they, they took him out and took him out, let him refresh. They hit a reset button. It's a cool reset button. It's weird. It's different. I I was, like I was saying to you earlier, I hope that there's, like, times where he comes out in, like, the sweater mm. and wrestles, like that match and he comes out and he like shakes people's hands right and and like acts like that mr rogers kind of guy that's right. like i'm sorry like if he does something that comes off like yeah. i want him to come out there and wrestle just like a straight clean match for the first couple of weeks right first few weeks mm-hmm. and then i want to come out there and he like does something like kind of heelish mm-hmm. and then he like apologizes for it immediately and tells the referee to like ring the bell because he should be disqualified yeah sure you know what i mean and then and then Go ahead. Well, I was just say that's the one question that I brought up to you though is how how they transition this into a ring. I would character. book that to and where I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you do it slow. Mm-hmm. Right. Do it slowly. Don't do this in like week one. He's going to be normal. Week two, he cheats, but then apologizes. Week three, 
he just cheats, and then week four he shows up in like this demonic character thing. Right, right. It's dumb. Exactly. It's like when they 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 gave Punk the belt and he ran off, and then like two weeks later he showed up back yeah, on TV. Yeah, that was. Terrible. And he should have yeah, literally right. been touring the indies. ROH would have been fine jobbing out their dudes to a guy that's the WWE World right. Title if they could show it on Raw. Right. Absolutely. All yeah. those companies would have been right. fine with it because his exposure and six months he could have gone around the indies, been like I'm the world, the real world's champion, yeah. blah, blah, and come back and it would have been hot as shit, mm-hmm. and they blew it. They blew it. And that's why, it, like, having patience with this matters. Like, like this is maybe another shitty analogy, but I used to, I used to hate Pink Floyd growing up. I hated him. Mm-hmm. And then I actually started to play music. And instead of writing just, like, punk rock stuff, which that's no, that's no knock on punk rock stuff. There's so much sure. value in that. I no, love I'm, punk rock. I come from the same background, right. my friend. I yes, love so, punk rock. Yeah. And it was like, cool, right. what songs can we write that are quick, fast, short, no frills, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then there's some part of you that goes like, what if we try and do this, right? right? So eventually, in playing music, I started to try and play, like, more interesting stuff. Yeah. There's some part of you, and this is going to be so cliche and sound so dramatic and, like, halfway full of bullshit, but there's some part of you that's like, I'm going to tell a story with this song. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs I ever did in one of the bands I was in was nine and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs, so like I like Mastodon. Mastodon's a metal band, right? Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite songs from them is almost 12 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's not 12 minutes of like repetition. It's 12 minutes where it's like in, out, build, slow, crescendo, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me very much of Pink Floyd. So I think of Pink Floyd, and I'm like, I hated him in high school because I was like, this is ju- like dumb hippie shit, and you have to be on acid to enjoy mm-hmm. it. And that's not true. Not and all. having yeah. learned like by playing music, I go, man, to have the patience to take your time and risk knowing that half the people might not feel the crescendo at the same point you or, do. Or get it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. You still do it and you try and lay out your story and build it and hit the right point to where when it finally hits, the hair on your arm stands up. Yeah. Right. That's that's the beauty of that kind mm-hmm. of music. That's what I actually felt doing that. I was like, I could still do that now. And you're like, shit, it's timeless. Mm-hmm. You can do that telling a story, and you can do that. That's the beauty of telling it in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the beauty in the uh, mega, pl- mega Power storyline, right? Mm-hmm. That was the beauty in Sting and Hogan before they blew it by having yeah. a crappy match with Starcade. Right. Yeah. But that, that's, you build to that story. That was a year and a half of build. Yeah, really. The Mega was, Powers yeah. was a year long story. You take Bray Wyatt and you have him come out there for a few weeks and wrestle clean and even losing clean and doing stuff like that. But like after the fact, they're just like, why is he so okay with this like losing? Why is he hugging people? And then he starts to like cheat a little bit, but then like apologizes or has himself disqualified or whatever. And then all of a sudden he stops doing that and like cheating and being okay with it. And you see the cracks start to form Mm -hmm. until he slowly devolves into that character and then you're getting into the psyche of it and like have him change his promos as he goes. So like yeah. six months of that when he's going from like the good clean cut character to where he's completely insane. Mm-hmm. And in that gimmick, my God, when you finally pay that off, like you finally pay that off where he just goes full blown, whatever. And then he pulls that mask out of his trunks and like puts it on his yeah. face. Yeah. Boom. If you did it right. Yeah, it's money. Know. Money. Right, it could be like could it, be. it's it's the most intriguing thing they've done in a really long mm-hmm. time. I like it. And there's I've, one variable. What's that? Vince McMahon. I <laughs> fully expect them to screw <laughs> yeah. it up right, right, a right. lot, yeah, exactly. and that's a shame because yeah. if they did it, 
And and like I say this stuff, but I've never done this. So like you have anybody with any experience with this would go like, ah, you fucking marks. Like you don't know what you're talking about. You never had to do that. Whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But like I've been a lifelong fan and I could say what I'd like to see. And I'd like to see them do that right. Do I have faith that they'll do it right? No. I've learned yeah. otherwise, unfortunately. So anything else to add to that? That is that is it. That's it. I think that's that was the podcast. Good, that was a good that was the podcast. That's the podcast. Number six. I, yeah, number yes. six. Lucky number seven's coming next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We 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 theoretically should have Daryl back for that. We've given him the date and he knows all that. And uh, we're holding you that to Daryl. We're holding you that. Yeah, and, and that's gonna be an interesting one. I think we, we're gonna have some different material too, because we're gonna be yeah. in between shows because I wanna do one towards the end of August before all out. Okay. Because we'll have the full card and kind of be able to make predictions Summer about Slam that. And SummerSlam will be happening in there, too. Yeah, yeah well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. sure. But I also want to, I kind of want to talk about, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think next one will be a little more interesting than usual, depending on what kind of news we have to go on. So it's always, like, we always talk about current events. What's funny is if we did these more than once a month, then we could talk about, like, Let's talk about ECW in 1996. Which randomly. we intend, we will be doing that yeah, stuff. Yes. I mean, theoretically. So, yes. you know, it's uh, I'm glad that we got to do this again. This yes. one was drawn out a little bit while. Thanks again to Doug for helping us with this stuff all the time. Thank you, Douglas. Thank you for listening, those that are out there. Um, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan in some regards, you know. So, uh, you know, keep up. Listen, um, who knows what's going to happen next? Thank you to Badamo's Pizza. Oh, yes. You make us very happy. Thank you to and, Founders All Day. And all the beer that we drink. Uh, yes. And thank you to all five of you that listen. Yes. And thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Justin. All right. And you guys have a good one. We'll be seeing you in a few weeks. All right.